0: Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top
1: All right, hello everyone and welcome to episode number 56 of Taking You to the Top. My guest today is Daniel. He's the founder of SEO Turbo Booster. SEO Turbo Booster is a local web visibility product which drives exponential traffic to your product or service. Their solution allows for for your product or service to get found through localized web pages which is important for mobile searches. Daniel, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, no problem. Okay, uh, Daniel, if you wouldn't mind to get us started, if you could take us back from the beginning, you know, tell us where you're from, and a little bit about your upbringing.
2: Okay, so I, I grew up in a uh, New York City area, right outside New York City in New Jersey. And, um, you know, grew up in the suburbs and, and essentially, my background as a kid, I I had actually started at the age of nine or 10 being wanting to be a writer. I've I've probably written, written a dozen books in my life, screenplays. I wanted to be a writer. I I was not really the only thing in my childhood. I'm thinking about entrepreneurship in my childhood is my mother owned during the 1970s. My mother owned a jean store during the jean craze. And I remember helping her set up the store and, and we were quite successful with that. And, um, but back in the beginning, you know, I, I have a very specific career I went through. I went to University of Maryland where I studied computer science, uh, and, but I ended up switching to political science, and, and I ended up working for a senator in Capitol Hill, and I found out that's not for me. Politics was not a career I wanted. Uh, and then at, and very specifically, what happened is I ended up just temporarily getting a job for the phone company, Bell Atlantic, Bell Atlantic Mobile. Uh, this is the year 1989, and that really trained me on everything I needed to know in the future of technology. Uh, I ended up spending almost 10 years in the cellular industry. I was there right at the very beginning, or close to the beginning, which was 1983. But by 1989, I think the company I went to work for had 50,000 customers, and eventually, while I was there, it grew to probably 20 million. And, I, and that experience really changed a lot of my background in terms of, it made me a programmer. It made me an expert at Linux and things like that. Okay.
1: Okay. Fantastic.
2: Now, yeah. And, and, and that's my background, you know, that, you know, a lot of people come from telco that ended up, you know, in startups or or technology industry.
1: Okay. Sure. But um, as a child though, did you do any, did you have that ultra entrepreneurial sort of, No, you know, know, I, the lemonade stand type thing,
2: you know, uh, I, like I said, the biggest thing in my childhood was my mother having this jean store we worked it. We went to New York city, we got the jeans, we put them on the shelf and we were quite successful with it. I I just remember that being a formative thing for me in high school. I was not that entrepreneurship oriented, you know, not only not entrepreneurship, I really didn't really look at computers or technology as my future. Um, I actually looked down upon business at that time. In fact, it wasn't until, you know, I had a very, I, I was not that entrepreneurship oriented. A lot of entrepreneurs I've worked with over the years were, um, mm. you know, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm also, you know, a big thinker
1: is the best way to describe me. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Daniel, I want to get into your company you know, in a little yeah. bit of detail, maybe not too much, depending how much you want to share. But let's sure. say I'm, yeah. an, I'm a new client. How would you describe yeah. your company to me or what your company does?
2: Our, our company, you know, when I talk to, you know, and I'll explain how we've moved into really a digital agency model and VAR model. Okay. But when I look at, when I look at, when we worked with customers directly for the first almost two years, when I meet with, with customers, really what we say to them is, we explain, okay, to get found on Google, you need to, you need to have a service that's going on. Those pages take either time or programming to produce. Either you're going to have to spend days and days and days writing and writing and writing tons and tons of blogging content, or mm-hmm. to produce the kinds of things we do locally, you're going to have to hire a programmer who's going to have to replicate some of the technology we create. And right from the very beginning, clients have said, oh, you can generate a certain amount of content automatically. And we said, yeah, sure. You know, In fact, SEO wasn't even our initial goal. It was something else, which was push notification. So we're a technology company that ended up in SEO because the pages we were generating for clients got found well. Okay. Ultimately, what we are is an automation company, and we produce products that let people Automate their SEO processes,
1: okay. And um, when you do that, are you like automatically generating blog content, or is it other things related to SEO?
2: You know, you know. Today, our current product, which we've been we've created like a whole automation system, like a SaaS mm-hmm. platform. Our current product is not that complicated. I I keep thinking, you know, there's a whole philosophy that you shouldn't be that sophisticated, baby. We right. let's say for most clients, like we for mo- we do some direct clients. Most of our clients are, are through agencies, but for most clients, we'll generate between 300 to 600 pages that are local per city per keyword. Okay, and just making the content on the pages unique enough that Google doesn't have a problem. Um, okay that's where we're at today with our product and that's what it does and it does it pretty quickly so you're the generating
1: next, are, are each of these pages hosted on its i mean are they separate domains
2: no no that's a whole other model that we've you know it's funny in this business i've met my competitors i know competitors that do that we don't okay. believe in that we we don't there's this whole philosophy we we're a white hat company that to me starts getting black hat that's <laughs> where people start doing some weird stuff to get it uh, to get a edge we really right. don't do that kind of thing but that's a that's a strategy i've seen it work i've been in, I've, I've seen that strategy work our specific so, strategy is helping people generate pages
1: and are you using their domain to do that or are you setting up a separate domain one single domain
2: we we specifically recommend they do it on their own domain we don't recommend on another domain. sure that makes no sense. we do it We've done many on other domains and it, it usually doesn't work out as well, <laughs> Okay, you know?
1: Sure, it, be, it makes sense. Yeah. And um, but, when, when did you launch the company?
2: So this company is about to reincorporate under a new name. The current company was developed under a software company I own called Take It National. That company okay. is 10 years old that built a bunch of software platforms to serve the dating industry and still does. Um, My partners and I are about to reincorporate. So we really, but realistically, we got our first client for this product in in around January of 2018. 2018. Actually happened at a Starbucks, believe it or not. Somebody (laughs) looked over my shoulder and said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm generating all these pages for a dating site. And he's like, okay, I need that something like that for my nursing uh, recruitment site. Okay. And I said, okay, let's meet. And we, and the first two big clients we had were just custom clients doing this work. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. And you mentioned uh, there's a SaaS aspect to this. So is your revenue model, both SaaS and agency?
2: Um, it's strictly SaaS. But, but what would happened is, you know, the biggest problem we ran into in the first year, because so we, we've just been solving clients problems for like, day one. You just generate these pages, trying to keep them happy. But one of, one of the things that happened, one of the things I learned after a year is when we were the agency, we would lose the client eventually. Like a year after having this really top client, we were we tried being the agency. After a year, another agency would move in. It was just very competitive. And they would say to the client, oh, get rid of this guys. Get rid of the SEO turbo booster guys. And- right. And we would say, you don't need to get rid of us. We're just software. And they would get, get rid of us. Even if they had a good product, they would turn it off. So we were like, God, we got to get out of this business. This, this sucks because it's a competitive business. Sure. Um, or in early 2019, so we, we've we done 30, 40, let's say the numbers, we've done a, a little less than 50 implementations of this software, but it's a competitive business. Um, and two things happen in early 2019, we met with another software company. I used to do all the coding myself in the beginning, um, and I handed this over to an amazing software company called Two Amigos, and I'm okay. and they're and I've known them for fifteen years, and they're my partners. So I got yeah. out of the business, and we created a platform like with a WordPress plugin and with other types of plugins for different environments. But this year, in particular, um, an agency came to me early, right before the pandemic came to me, in early twenty twenty, and said. Uh, you should not be selling any of this direct. We should be selling it for you. Agencies should be selling it for you. And I said, okay, go ahead. And he, this particular person proved to me that they could sell the product and we don't have to talk to the customer at all. And that's where we're
1: at now, which I like, I prefer. I mean, yeah, that's that's always fantastic. But from a SaaS aspect, um, if you ran, let's say your own system On your own site and had people come and sign up, wouldn't that work just as well? That's exactly.
2: We're in the middle of a capital raise. Um, We've had some commitments, and part of that is to build the solution so we can take on customers directly and have them sign up and and configure everything without us, because we've had to do all the configuring ourselves up till now. Sure, sure. Um, And this is this is part of looking at you know you're you're you. I've worked and talked to a lot of startups in my life Mm -hmm. and I love being in a startup where the activity is every day to solve the problems every day. We're not projecting where we need to go. I got customers waiting for our products and services across the board. Yeah. It's very interesting. And, and the other, the other thing I just want to let you know about this industry in, and I just blogged about this again today. It's a very mature industry with a lot of people that say you can't do what you're doing. I love that one. You can't do what you're doing look we've generated thirty thousand pages somewhere on the web that you may have landed on but apparently we're doing what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) and it's working and it's working you know it's interesting the more people tell you you can't do what you're doing like an uber or or airbnb the more likely it's a good place to be that's my now my opinion
1: because you're basically you're you're bordering on disrupting something
2: we're bordering on disrupting something. You got it, like, you know, if you looked across the hundred new feet, you know, I have 10 new features in 2021 we're gonna produce. One guy kept me on the phone for an hour a few weeks ago saying, you can't do what you're doing. You can't do what you're doing. I said, well, what if it is as good as a person writing a blog article? He's like, okay, then I'd be interested. <laughs> so you, you get it to the point, we started very simple in our industry but we will be sophisticated. We're considering ourselves, we're starting to call ourselves an AI and automation company. Um, there's still a lot of work that customers have to put in to produce content and produce SEO, but we're, pro- we're providing tools to make their lives easier and faster and better. And the world's about to change. I don't know how it's about to change, but I can tell you when I look at Google and, and the GMB and the stuff they've done the last couple of years, it's, it's you know, can I be honest with you? It's dog crap is the way to describe it. (laughs) Google's not competitive, but they're forcing everyone to do weird stuff to use their system, you know, but the world's a much bigger world. So I think things are going to change. Something's going to happen in 2021 to change everything in SEO. That's my opinion. But in a sense,
1: Uh, I'm not sure which update Google's on at the moment. I mean, the last thing I heard was Panda. Yes. Am I really, really outdated or is that that's the outdated, latest? Yeah.
2: But that's okay. I mean, everything, cha- everything really changed. You know, everything seems to have changed. The problem the problem is everyone could automate. It's almost like, uh, like, like the robots a starting to take over. So people can automate more and more and more. more the more. is, and, and I'm completely a believer of a the more of a you provide of your own on your site, the better, you know, Sure. Um, the problem everybody has is not everyone's a writer and not everyone's good at doing that. You know, um, this is really the quandary. Cause I, if you look at my site, you'll see, I just wrote a blog article about this and is every, are you going to stop what you're doing and be, make yourself a black belt in SEO? Rami, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> uh,
1: probably <laughs> <Right>? not.
2: <laughs> no. So I tell the experts, they need tools like ours to get an edge. And right. You know whether that the rea- the other thing that's odd is we have around an 85% 85% success rate. So 15% of our clients are not happy and it's just accepted. I've just come to accept it. Do
1: do they give you and a lot, reason why? A lot of
2: that has to do with they've messed up. Well, we kind of figured out after time. Sometimes you don't have no reason why, because they've messed up their SEO long before we got there. Google right. already decided that they're trouble. Um something you know sometimes it's not there's a lot of google that's just not this is why people don't want to develop the software in the area we're in because they're just it's not a sure thing google's not a sure thing they could block pages it could stop things so it's a very interesting area but like i said i like being in it because other people are scared they tell me, other software developers tell me they're scared to go in this area they're nervous sure. um
1: You're you mentioned this sorry go ahead No, no, no. go ahead. I was just going to ask, you said we. When you say we, is there a co-founder? Yes.
2: So originally I was 100% owner of Taken National, but the last three years I've really relied on two other partners. It's actually four in total. And we're about to reincorporate where they get more of an even share of the company. And I have no problem doing that because they put a lot of time and energy
1: in. Um, I was just going to ask how it's usually such a tough split with co-founders. I know,
2: <laughs> So I, I am giving away a lot and that's ha- what I have to do.
1: Well, as long as you're receiving a lot back.
2: I've already, you know, I've, you know, it's like making, you know, like I said, I was a screenwriter at one point or tried to be a screenwriter. It's like making yes. a movie. I've gotten these developers to, to develop the software without paying them. I've gotten partners to put in time and energy without getting paid. <laughs> but now the movie's <laughs> got to be produced, and 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 money's being made, and everyone's got to be everyone's got to be happy. You can't have unhappy people working with you. Absolutely. You know? And I think the the ends justify the means. Meaning, you know, if I want to develop this company, my goal is to develop a software company, make a good living, and eventually will exit. We have some potential in the future to exit. I, okay. I don't need to be a billionaire. I need to just you know I don't need to be make everything and got to be a little more, more open you know i wasn't open-minded about it for a for a moment but then i thought hey you know the two guys i work with i've known them for 15 years and okay. um it was funny because i wanted to put we we're about to reincorporate and i wanted to put in something like the facebook thing where i control everything and i told them i i ask everyone's opinion on every, and to everybody so it, me in charge is like everyone gets a share doesn't matter i'm not a controlling sure. personality
1: yeah okay and uh, what does the company's team size look like today?
2: Today, we're really at, let me think, we have, so there's now four, going to be four partners in the company, really me and another partner. And then the tech team is two people. One is actually in Spain. Um, and So these are that, the have, developers? No, no. So the, the, the equity owned, of the four new equity owners, there are three that are American, one that's in Spain. I'm the primary equity owner. Then there mm-hmm. are two additional developers that do work for us that are, um, you know, I don't even know. I, oh, I know where one is. They're all around the world. So we have two developers that are outsourced, and mm-hmm. um, so that's six. So really, today, we we have about six people. We're probably going to bring on a seventh and eighth coming up, but really, okay. we're a six-person team.
1: Okay, And are the seventh and eighth going to be developers? Or sales? Um,
2: I, I really need, you know, I'm leaving out somebody important. <laughs> I actually have a, a guy in Poland that's done some, uh, you know, LinkedIn marketing type of expertise. So, okay. uh, I think we'll be looking at specialty marketing expertise, working with us and maybe even personal assistance. I need a personal okay. assistant who helps with sales closing. So yes, yeah, 50% technology, 50% non-tech coming up.
1: Perfect. And, when you first uh, hired or the the outsourced developers, how did you go about doing that?
2: Well, I'm I'm very lucky. There's a tech team that I've worked with over the years. Like I said, called Two Amigos. They have right. they're, they're based in the U.S., but they have a big presence in in, uh, in Serbia. Okay. Um, actually, they're a global global company. So for me, it was easy. I just the owner is a partner in my company. The owners of the of
1: the software company partners. okay that, that works out perfectly
2: that worked out perfectly for me i mean i've tried finding every way i can make this happen without dan writing a big check and sure. it's hard
1: it's really hard you know and how many how many of them are remote versus well i guess you took you mentioned that you closed down the office we had so i guess everybody's here. remote Yeah,
2: everybody's remote today. We had three people originally in an office coming in every day in Boca Raton, Florida, where we're located. Um, Outside those three, the other three that work in the company are, you know, Spain, Costa Rica, and I think Serbia, but um,
1: we're completely completely virtual today. Perfect. Okay, uh, Dan, let's take a quick break to thank our first sponsor.
0: Our first sponsor is a company called TopTal. They have a global network to top talent in business, design, and technology that enables companies to scale their teams on demand. TopTal serves thousands of clients, including Fortune 500 companies and innovative startups, Delivering expertise and world-class solutions at an unparalleled success rate. With elite freelancers in over 100 countries, TopTal connects a top 3% screen list of the world's top talent with leading companies in days, not weeks. Visit toptal.takingyoutothetop.io That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot and get an 80-hour no-risk trial period, so you only have to pay if you're satisfied with the work. Get started hiring with TopTal today.
1: Okay, Dan, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to get into the the economics of your business, just to get a you know a general understanding of when you start a company or you're thinking to to launch a company, which way some you know entrepreneurs go either bootstrapped or raise capital so i think in the beginning did you bootstrap the company and only now think about raising capital yeah
2: we this particular company has only been bootstrapped in fact almost everything i've worked on has been bootstrapped
1: um okay. there's a bit you of a some raising that. right yeah yeah
2: so we we initially we initially bootstrapped it because I did the coding myself. Um, when we brought on the tech team, we, we had enough customers to kind of cover some of that cost a bit. But now we're at a point where I'm looking at not just, you know, 10 new features, but two new extension products that our customers will already have agreed to buy. Okay. So now that I have a laid out plan for where to spend and make the money the, the capital seems more reasonable and I've had I have a couple commitments already and I'm starting down that path. Yeah.
1: Okay, so maybe it's a bit too early to I would prefer ask not how to much capital, looking.
2: We, You know, we we I just learned I'm always learning new words, you know, I I just learned the word min and max. We have a min we're looking to raise a min 100,000 and a max 250. Not a lot right now. Okay. Um, but, you know, we're realistically, if we if we get some scaling growth, we could be looking at a at a two million dollar capital raise. Um, also, I'm not going to mention it, but um, I won't mention the name of the company, but a virtual we were accepted into accepted into a virtual incubator in the US okay. that um, that has a has given us a term sheet already for a larger oh, number. Yeah. Not, not that they're going to exercise it or not, but the, you know, that kind of shot surprised me. You know, I, I, the capital is out there. I'll just say that, but, but, the, and we're not yet sure if we're going to accept that incubators deal, but if we do accept it, uh, they put you, the whole goal is to raise several million at that point.
1: Okay. And, and just think- uh, out of curiosity, because I'm very far away from venture capital and raising funds, or yeah. let's say I prefer to bootstrap <laughs> just like you said, but yeah, I yeah. guess at some point yeah. you may need to raise, but how how easy or difficult is it to approach raising funds? I, I personally feel,
2: I mean, it's really about who you are personally. I personally feel I am not the greatest at raising because I'm not, it's just not something I even want to do. Um, there are people who are, Let's just start off because I. The one thing I didn't tell you is that I actually ran to, for many reasons. I helped in Boca Raton run a um, startup-like pitch event here for tech okay. companies. Uh, four hundred companies pitched over seven years, and I saw okay. say maybe three got capital out of four hundred raised capital. Oh, the wow! Tell
0: you?
2: Yeah, it, it, most of them were crappy. Uh, not crappy, if they're listening. Most of them were just ideas on the back of a piece of paper. <laughs> um i would say and also just like yourself if you're not this the and pandemic has changed things a lot but prior to the pandemic if you were not living in san francisco new york city austin or chicago if you didn't live in one of those four cities you your chance of raising capital is three percent anything wow. above 50k is very very difficult it in the united states so with 85 percent being raised in silicon valley sure now everything has changed and pandemic has completely changed the game i think and um the fact that 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 incubator has accepted us the fact that um there was a saying that the only way you could raise capital i i've talked to people like you know benchmark capital um or uh i'm trying to think a bunch of silicon valley capital you know I can't remember all the names of the people I've talked to. They would say things to us like, because I've been involved in other startup ventures. We were raising capital. They would be like, if you're not within um, a mile of their office, don't bother. (laughs) I've heard everything. You know, I've heard every possible thing. Like you fit physically. In fact, I do a lot of speaking. I was at a um, present, I presented. So I did a lot of stuff in the speaking and presenting about startup stuff. And now I'm back into my own startup again. I was, right. at a, I was at an inventors, inventors of Palm Beach County, Florida asked me to speak and I gave them the 10 reasons investors invest. And when I read those 10 reasons, they got angry with me because <laughs> the, the idea was number 10. And oh, yeah. number one was, was there your personal record of success? Just because you've wow. been successful in the past, they will invest in you. Number one. And then I think number two was proximity, how close they live to you. <laughs> and I think number three was like, are you in the right industry? They're only interested in blockchain. That's all they're interested in. You know, just the industry was number three or so. And then the most interesting one was, I'm interested in investing in you to bring you on to solve the problem of the last venture that went went wrong. Sure. Synergies. So. A lot of this is changing. You know, I've tried education. I've tried educating myself on how to raise capital. It's an education. If you're going to right. do it yourself, Rami, you have to you have to educate. There's the language of capital, the word, like even the word, I keep using the word equity and capital. I don't use the word cash and money. <laughs> it's incorrect.
1: I mean, I you was know, just going to ask, this planned raise, are yeah. you doing debt or equity?
2: We're doing... Um, well, that's a good question. Um, and in the United States, it's very different than overseas or in England. And, and in the United States, you have to be very careful in your in what you're saying. And you know, our our raise is actually not a normal raise. We're we're actually just reincorporating the company as a brand new company with new partners. You, you get I'm um, wink, wink on this because we're not actually doing a capital raise.
1: Okay. Got okay. So I so, get it
2: different if you, in other words if you partnered with a guy with money today and started a brand new company today we have to because I I have to separate this company from my last one if you created a brand new company today with a partner or guy who had a lot of money you can do whatever you want at that point because they're just a partner the next capital raise would be like a series series a capital raise or seed capital raise you need to in the United States there's I think just- I'm working with
1: yeah, I think this would actually be I mean the one after this would be a seed since this is sort of like a, a seed and an internal raise.
2: This is just an internal raise and then we're looking at a seed raise next. You got it. It oh, may okay. be bigger, it may go to a series A because it's bigger, but it's seed next. You got it. That's where Perfect. we're at in this business. We don't cuz we we were going to reincorporate and start a new company anyway and move the assets in there. So it has okay. nothing to do little to do with a normal trajectory of a startup. Um, now I, I can't get into them all. I'm on the board of several other startups. Just let you know that. <laughs> and one is raising a lot of money. I am, I'm still on the board. Cause I'm not, I'm not new. I'm not new to this, <laughs> okay. I'm not new to this. So some, you know, there's a whole other methodology using, you know, I'm not even following what they're doing, but they've raised, they've raised some money. Some of these guys have raised some serious capital doing it through very traditional Silicon Valley methods. I right. personally don't want to raise any capital unless we're showing a lot of revenue. I, I just don't like it any other way. If you're showing a lot of revenue, it's easy to raise capital and you're, you're being a little more honest.
1: Sure. Um,
2: if you're raising tons of capital on a projection of what you could possibly do, investors have to be completely aware they could lose their capital, lose their investment. Okay.
1: You know? um, you know, talking about realize, revenue, Are you able to give us a range of where you're at today?
2: You know, this has been a very bad year for me (laughs) because of the dating event. I'm in the dating event business as well. That business just like disappeared. So all I have left is the SEO stuff. It's going to a new company. You know, I'm not going to say, you know, we'll say, let me think. I would say no more than 50K this year. Not not really a lot of money. Not a, little, a lot of revenue in this business so far, but okay. we have a lot of customers who are paying between a hundred to, to between a hundred and eight hundred a month in those customers. So that okay. takes quite a bit of customers to get the revenue in the door.
1: Absolutely, and, and Thomas, uh
2: no, please go ahead. What I was going to say is our initial customers paid us three thousand a month,
1: <laughs> oh, but
2: wow. they got other services. They got complete agency services with that
1: got it okay so you the price changed when SaaS was introduced
2: when i introduced the SaaS and we went customer direct we were down to an average around 300 a month so it's going down by a zero okay (laughs) now uh in the agency model we're closer to 150 a month and when we finally get the customers to sign up on their own you know we could be at three dollars a month you get what i'm saying here to get volume, no, no, scale. I get
1: it.
2: Sure. So, yeah, so there's that's where the risk and reward. The risk comes at a certain price. When I talk to, if you and I brought on some local, let's say, you know, uh, barber shop, restaurant owner, whoever, you know, we brought them on here, bar owner, and we talked about the service. There's a price point where they go too much, too much. You know, five hundred a month, too much. But right. at like one ninety nine a month or ninety nine a month, they go, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> So there's a, but,
1: there's a price I point think, for customers. I think also if you go too low, you also don't get customers. You got it. So
2: we're not, we're still a monthly recurring service and we're not, we have, this is an interesting point. We have a competitor I found out there. I'm not gonna say who or where. He mm-hmm. does about one third of what we do and it's a good product, but it's a, such a low cost and he doesn't have support and he's not SaaS. You got that?
1: So,
2: <laughs> so he's in such a different model. I actually would love to spend time. You know, I've learned to just get to know my competitors and learn. to I actually should call him and talk to him. I mean, um, that would be really interesting. A lot of people say don't. Yeah, I've done it already with another competitor. The one competitor, he may listen to this, is um, he generates many websites. And I just, you know, I'm not telling him what to do. I just don't agree with him. I don't agree with, with what right. he's doing. But I have this other competitor that I've been tracking who has a lot of the features that we offer, but he's just not marketing it properly. Like the customer, you couldn't figure out from his software what it even does or why they need it. Right. And he Uh, doesn't have that many customers because of that. So a lot of it has to do with the marketing message. Got
1: it. And uh, how would you say that COVID… Yeah, that's that's a real uh, problem affected your business?
2: You know, I would say in the end it, it, it you know, it, COVID hurt me financially overall because the dating event, you know, my, my living kind of went away. But beyond that, it it has really helped our business, helped me personally, and it helped our business refocus. In the end, it's been painful, but it's helped us. It kept me away from, I used to spend a lot of time doing booths at at shows, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like I would set up a booth at a show and I spent some time and money and I wasted a lot of time and money on those shows, honestly, because we were trying to get individual customers. And I think it stopped me doing the circuit and got me to focus. I don't know if you picked up, I'm a little ADD. So the ability for our team to focus is really a good thing. Um, as far as online marketing, online marketing is going through a massive, every, everything is online marketing today, right? Sure. I mean, it's COVID, so everything's online. So demand for services and product like ours is high, um, higher than, it, than normal. It's higher, but but a lot of the local businesses can't afford us right now. Like restaurants would say, no way, you know. And bar, we have we have a couple bars that are using us still, but I think that so there's a there's a good there's a positive and there's a negative to what's going on. Um, a lot of service-oriented businesses, let's just say accounting and law firms and credit repair are big industries we're in indirectly. You know, they they actually white label our products. I don't even know they're using our product, honestly. <laughs> and um, and this whole digital agency model has been interesting but, um, but I, I think that we're coming out of COVID a different company, I'll just say that. A different company more back end than front end.
1: Got it? Perfect. I mean, as long as you learn from, you know, I mean, I guess COVID sort of forced people to either learn fast or give up. So I'm glad to hear that you made it out the other side. Okay.
2: I think, well, this particular business is coming out, you know, probably better off than when it started, honestly. But but the fact of the matter is that we still need to have a massive recovery you know, our new clients are agencies. So so if you're a digital agency out there and you're interested in seeing what we do, go to our website. If you are a digital agency and you want to work with us, you know, we still, the one thing that was very interesting this year, because over the summer, I probably did 25 uh, calls with digital agencies around the US. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still think that I need to be at a show somewhere, like in Las Vegas or New York. I, you know, ultimately we'll be at a, a digital agency show, got it, with a booth. Right. And you literally got to shake. I feel that if I don't shake the hands of digital agencies somehow, I'm not going to get a real, real agency on board. That's how I'm kind of feeling. So we, we really need this to end, to grow on that side. Our current digital agencies grow. I'm not sure how they're growing, but they're growing without us. Um, so there's a, there's a kind of a, a weird period we're in. I'm looking at it as a time to kind of rethink rethink everything that we're doing, right? And uh, and get out. And then having the automated what we call DIY product is really our future, and being able to scale
1: is where I would like to be this year.
2: At least that's well, what I'm on. telling investors.
1: <laughs> Auto, automated DIY.
2: Yeah, we haven't automated our processes, and that's an issue. Once we okay. automate a lot of the stuff we were doing, um, I think. I've, I have 20 or 30 guy, you know, digital agencies that say, send me a trial link. I don't have a trial link, <laughs> constantly. Uh, okay. Send me a trial link, send me a trial link. So yeah, so a lot of this has to do with being in the market, listening to customers, understanding how they work and how they need to work and, and pivoting and changing slightly to help them and to serve them. That's, that takes time and money. And this is where I realize we need capital. Because that's where the capital gives you a longer runway to survive as a business while you're sure. redeveloping to get things aligned with what the customers need. Um, and you can't make this up. Like, like uh, when we finally have a good product that'll scale well, a lot of people will look at it and go, wow, how'd they figure this out? It was day by day over years. I wish it was like, it's not like a silver bullet, you
1: know? Right. <laughs> like, but I, I mean, how do we figure that guess- out? Well, I guess um, it's a bit of a difficult situation when you want to raise capital to increase your runway. But that makes it more difficult for you to raise capital because it's easier to raise capital if you already have the revenue coming in.
2: It's it's a uh, this is the conundrum, Um, you know let's just say we're under 10 K a month in revenue right now. Still. Okay. I have people out there telling me the moment you're at 30 K I'll write you a million dollar check. No problem. So (laughs) do we, do we stop going for new sales or do we spend time developing new product? You get what I'm saying? So that's, that's the strategic part that I'm, I'm grappling with because the world is changing so fast. Our product has to improve and change and, and have AI in it and get more sophisticated. So you know, really, what happens is it's a numbers game. I've, I'm starting to meet with more and more potential investor partners, and uh, have a bunch already, and eventually want to pull the trigger. And um, they have to believe in you personally. That's what it comes down to. Um, but we do have revenue. At least I can tell you I have revenue. the the region The reason this um, this incubator was so interested in us is here, here's their formula. It's a SaaS company. It has revenue. <laughs> <laughs> and it's internet based. Those are like exactly. they were like A, B, C. Let's meet.
1: <laughs> no, like, no, I, a, I, I get I, that for sure.
2: Yeah. So, and that's a mistake I've made in other businesses I've been in. The pen mistake I've been involved in other businesses that are one-off sales or a lot low margin. That's another thing. Decent size margin on the monthly revenue. So, that's for every entrepreneur to rethink out those those four pillars, you know, automated, monthly, higher margin, you know, and get in that business, not a business of, you know, washing cars down the street one time.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's a conscious decision on my part to stay in it too, because I know it has those feature sets to it. The, the, the mark, the um, it meets those requirements that I I believe there are value, So we don't need a lot of customers to be that successful. You know, um, and this is really important. You know, when I meet people starting all kinds of, I've met, I can introduce you and maybe I will introduce you to a hundred entrepreneurs with amazing ideas and products that'll never get off the ground because they don't have the margins. They don't have the runway. They don't have, they don't have anything and they're great ideas, but you know, um, it's a tough world out
1: there. I really wish it was easier, you know? I know what you mean exactly. And actually, yeah. talking about ideas, how, how did you validate or, you know, confirm to yourself that SEO is the way and the way that you're going to move forward, you're going to stick with SEO? and
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm saying that our new, company, our new company is going to be an automation company. It's like a marketing automation and not right. an SEO company. So we have a couple, almost everything revolves around SEO. We have a couple of new products we're developing that will do things that are not SEO, but they'll automate the process of helping people get leads. So how do we, you know, I probably in the very beginning was not, originally we thought the business was a push notification company. We thought that's what it was in the first very, very beginning. We thought we're just a push notification company, but then the pages SEO got higher. It so organically, we it's almost like it chose us. We did not specifically go after this market. And over the years, I've had a lot of people tell me this is a difficult place. This is not so easy. What you're, you know, what you guys are saying doesn't make sense to them. Or I've heard a lot of weirdness, I was telling you. But right. yet, bottom line, you know, we had a we just went live with a client, a direct client, you know, in um, I'll just say in the Dallas area. Florida, okay. a Dallas, okay. Texas area. And I can tell you, you know, a couple hundred pages later, everything indexed nicely. They're getting decent traffic. So in the end, in the end, it, it, results is all our customers want. And results is not just page generation. Results is traffic or clients or deals. Yes. You know? True. without that, um, without doing something for our clients, providing value, we're, we're of no use. In the end, that's really the reality. In other words, if I generate you three hundred pages, but no one ever visited them, <clears throat> what would that mean? Yeah, make I'm a page maker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, at the end of the day, um, me so as the SEO, client, yeah. I don't get anything out
2: of it. Yeah, so we're not we're not focused on the we're focused on the SEO piece, not the page making piece. Um, okay. And what that means is all our new features. Do things to enhance that world. Um, I'm, you know, so funny. I'm, I'm a, my partner is more of a realistic. He's, if he was on here with you, he'd be like, this is what the product does. This is what it does, how it works, blah, blah, blah. It makes the images. I'm always like thinking in my mind what it can do next. Like I know 10 things it can do next, and I think they're really cool. And I, and I know those are what customers need right now. Um, Another way to describe this is. I'm not going to be happy till our pages are 98% unique. Got that? Yeah. Once our pages are 98% unique content, because they're half that today, I'll be honest with you, but once okay. they're completely unique and get and and I'll be honest, we are, our, our new company is going to be related to the, is going to have the word human in it. <laughs> but once we get a little bit more human like um, I think we're, we could take off. We could, we could scale better because then we, we are providing a service that helps people do work that they would have to spend time doing. And uh, so, so SEO is a really SEO is a very tedious, hard industry to work in and to do
1: right. Is is the new company name name going to have the word SEO in it? No, no, no. I think that's going to change a lot of things for you, by the way.
2: You do. Okay. Because, (laughs) Because uh, I'll just say we have a plan for a social product and okay. we have a plan for a backlink product. And okay. those, it's not a backlink, kind of like a blog directory product. Those other things enhance everything like a network, like a network effect. Sure. So we're going into another area where, um, you know, everyone needs, it's just like SEO, page automation, everybody needs better social automation everybody needs better um, backlink automation so there's other stuff out there that I feel that we could grow into you know the best way to describe what we've been doing the past three years is we've our foot is in the door we've put this is the other thing about startups you've got your foot in the door you know what I'm saying like you're in the car industry you've made a little part that everyone's starting to use and your foot is in the door of the industry right Sure. You just have to evaluate, is your part that's in that industry the right part? Is it presented? Is it, what are the other opportunities? Are those other opportunities better than what you're doing? You know, do we need to pivot and and shift a little bit? That's what we're looking at. Um, We have a core product that'll, it's not going to change at all, SEO Turbo Booster. It'll just get more extensions and things on top of it. Um, There's so much opportunity in this industry. I think the, Let's put it this way. I could show you 30 clients our products services are on and all 30 sites are horrible. Wish they were better. (laughs) They don't look great. The content's not real well written. They're not updating it properly. There's so many problems in this industry. And that's kind of why I like it. Right. There's so much work to be done. Your site, you should be changing the homepage content of your site today. Honestly, you should be you should be writing a blog. Now you should have an update tomorrow. You should. So all of us are, it's like exercising. All of us should be doing exercise, but we're not, who has time to do that?
1: You know? Absolutely. So So how how did you, how did you get your first, let's say non-referred client?
2: (laughs) I told, I was telling you that, uh, our first client, I'm literally sitting in Starbucks. Starbucks one. (laughs) yeah i'm sitting in starbucks and a guy looks over my shoulder and he's looking at the dating event company called predating i'm a i'm the cto of predating another company that's not doing it's but the industry is kind of you know shut down a bit right now i'm sitting there i'm sitting there and this guy's looking over my shoulder saying how how are you doing what are you doing i said i'm i'm um, i'm creating all these pages i'm creating you know the people in baltimore they need to know about events in Baltimore. They need to push notification about events just in Baltimore, right? Right. They need they don't want to get emails, but everything else they want emails about Baltimore. So I told him that's what we do. We're that that event platform was in a hundred cities. There's several hundred pages are automated to get all that content in in line. And he said to me, I own a I'm a partner in the one of the largest nursing websites in the country. Um, actually, it was called the Gypsy Nurse, the name of the site. <laughs> Traveling nurses, they're doing, they're booming right now. Right. And, and he said, can you replicate what you're doing right there on my site? I said, yes, let's do it. And that's how it got, that's really how we got started in this business. I have 20 years of SEO experience from the dating industry, but okay. it wasn't until I had real clients that wanted my, my service I had produced in another s- system Inside of their site, that I had to start building these tools from scratch, and then, um, right. and then the next client, this at the, around the same time, another client came to us. I had been a marketing director for a a a uh, about four or five years ago. About four years ago, I was tempor- I had been a marketing director for a um, for an omega three company, that was very interesting. And I kept mentioning to one of the, the, the Omega three company went bankrupt <laughs> okay. and it got bought out by one of the, the marketing director had bought out the company. Okay. The, the other, the, the branding director had bought out the company. He called me and said, Dan, you had, you had said to me, you could do something with page generation that would help us get better SEO. What was that about? And I said, right. I can do it for you. Let's meet. We met, signed a contract. And I within so within several months, I had two very large clients. I was coding this, hand coding this for, and you know making WordPress plugins for both. And and I did all the coding myself that year. And uh, and they paid us. Both companies paid us very well. So we had enterprise clients the first year, and we were like, "Wow, you think you have a business, right?" <laughs> right. But I realized unless we automate everything, you know, we can't have programmers doing customized jobs for everything. You know. Sure. But the principles for those three big client, those two big clients, are the same principles that we use today. It's the same principles. In fact, we're not even, we haven't even replicated all the all the programming I did two or three years ago, because to automate everything takes time. To do it through a tech team, it takes more time. You know, you could just like hack a piece of code together to get something working for somebody, but to take that piece of code so that hundreds and thousands of people can use it, that's a different time-consuming process and i'm not an expert at the automation piece i'm just an expert at hacking i'm a hacker (laughs) i can hack your site today you know (laughs) Um, and that's really a good model for me but that's a good model for me so i'm still technical enough that i can kind of hack together a solution to kind of prove something works right oh can i can i mention so if anyone's listening who's, who's a technical person can i mention something that like blew my mind this year sure um when you when you go to a website and view the source, if you go to a website and you view the source and you see what it looks like on the inside, the HTML, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned to me, one, on one of the boards I'm on, somebody mentioned to me that Google stopped, started to index JavaScript. You ever heard of this? Yeah. Yeah. So what I learned this year is that when you look at the HTML and you go and look at what's on, on Google, they may be different because Google indexed all that JavaScript the last minute, you know So okay. you could actually open up a page, you could actually open up a web page and see three lines of code and then go to Google and see a completely different site.
1: Got how, that? Many li- how many lines of code would be on the other one on the Google well,
2: one? you know HTML start HTML end that's it. And there could be just JavaScript line. And wow. and and that would pull it from the web, all the content into the page. Google indexes the h the final result of the JavaScript. You get oh, okay. you get that. So this is called. They're calling this movement of generating content remotely. It's called headless CMS. Headless CMS. Have you heard that term? I have not. Headless CMS is a whole new concept where you go and you log in and you create all your content. In the cloud, on Amazon somewhere, you create, you go and log in and create all this content, right? And right. then you just drop a little piece of code into your web page and it generates it. Got yeah. it? Yeah, it's a whole new. This is what I was saying to you. The, the the three or four years from today, you'll look at this whole web industry and it'll be look. It's going to look completely different. Things are changing. That's what I'm saying to you. Things are changing, and that's where the opportunity is when there's change, and you know, and, and things blow open a bit because right now everyone has to manage these old websites that are falling apart. It really is a real, it's a real, you know, crappy industry. There's tons of crap around. Someone's got to work hard, you know?
1: Sure.
2: And, and I, I, you know, it just happens. I think that the big opportunity is right now in this part of the industry that I'm in. Maybe years from today, that'll be different, but right now is the, is the growth is another new growth period as uh, site owners will need to change things, or there? What happens to site owners? Because I've had old sites that your pages just start disappearing when they're not mobile ready, when they're not fast enough, when they're not the right size images, when there's all these issues, you, they start getting rid of your site. You, sure. you know what I'm talking about, or no?
1: No, I do because yeah. Uh, so actually, for a while I was <laughs> um, on the side. I was selling uh, page speed optimization packages. Yeah. (laughs) You know, to speed up people's sites because it's like a mobile first indexing and all of that. Of course. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, I'm aware of it. But I I don't know if a lot of people understand the importance of it.
2: They don't. And, like, you know, the other other industry that I'm looking at, I'm not sure how we're going to serve it, but there's a whole industry of individuals, individual industries. So, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but there's this whole thing called V card, E card industry where people generate a page, a couple pages for themselves somewhere. Right. Okay. Um, it's really crappy. I call it the buggy whip industry. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not going to be there eventually. And I'm not sure what it's going to involve too, but what that could mean is a hundred million, you know, think of it this way, a billion people may generate their own website in the next couple of years in addition to the sites that are out there right. for themselves. And what that means is companies that get in the in, into that industry at the right moment can be at the right time. It's just a timing issue, really. Um, so instead of us seeing the same amount of websites, it's going to be exponential. I really wish it weren't true because it's annoying, but things are going to go exponential for a while
1: in growth. Right. No. Have you have you heard of this like pre how can i say it let's say you're in 2020 and close to the end of 2020 you decide to post a blog post but label it as 2021.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean is a lot of that happening?
2: No, uh, look a lot of that happens. I just did a blog article today. You can everything is virtual. I could have written an article three weeks ago and said it's today's article. You you put the publication date into sure, the article. Yeah. Now that that's just the content level. If you yeah. go at a deeper level, you know um, it, something in the page could indicate the date. You can manipulate that. We could I could go in there and say it's twenty forty. <laughs> Google only <laughs> reads what you have in the page virtually it's not a real file necessarily so this is the virtual world you live in where everything is what it you know everything is only what google sees it is it doesn't matter to them i i just think that i just personally think something's going to break open google's hold of the internet i think that it can't remain the way it's at because um and i just did a blog article today about it how You know, Google introduced this GMB a year or two ago, about three years ago, and it's not innovative. It's really not that sophisticated. And that's the state of the art. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Uh, Just for those uh, who don't know what GMB is, that's Google My Business, Business.
2: Yeah, Google My Business. Um, That's there. And what they did is they, they got rid of their Google Plus, and they made Google My Business, which is really mostly about local business needs. It's literally Google's form of their social, because you can post in there. You can like do right, postings right. every day. But um, they've made that one decision, but they've become they've become the Microsoft and the IBM where they're slow moving. They're a slow moving target now. You know what I'm saying? They're, the, they're sure. not the innovator. They're not innovating at this point. Um, they're, they do innovation on big data behind the scenes. That's their innovation, but for right. people like you and I, I look at it and go, "What is going on here? Why is this so crappy?" It's not crappy per se, but like, it's like we have. To, it's almost like, um, have you ever? I once, when I was the uh, marketing director for this omega three company, I spent a lot of time on Amazon back end, right? And I can tell you, it was ancient, antiquated, uninnovative, whatsoever. It was horrible. Back end of Amazon sure. is a nightmare. Have you ever worked in it? I have not. <laughs> you don't want to. It's just like you have to hire a company to manage it for you because it's so bad.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: I was like, how do you get those three buttons on the right that say like three, you know, by three, by six, by nine? To get those three right, buttons right. on the right of your screen, you had to download a spreadsheet, make changes, and upload the spreadsheet.
1: Ooh, that so, sounds pretty bad.
2: So... I have a lot of negative feelings towards, we call them the fang. The fangs, you heard that term yet? No, I haven't. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. <laughs> They're called the fangs. It's okay. the term. And, and all five, including Netflix, all of them, Apple, every one of them, they are now all 20 to 30 year year old businesses that control through... Not innovation, but they control through uh, what you call barriers to entry. Right, right. So that's when things are ripe for disruption. When there's barriers to entry everywhere, you know that. Right. So something's something's going to give this year. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe a new search engine. I, I don't know. Just it can't it can't go on like this for many many years. It cannot.
1: Something's going to well, change. Talking about these uh, companies with barrier to entry. Are you doing any marketing on the, on some of these monster channels?
2: Yeah. See, we, we, I would say the biggest place I've done most of the marketing is on LinkedIn because we're looking for digital. That's really, I would say our channels for marketing are our biggest channels are there's three really, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and every mark, every company is different. That's where we put most of our content. Um, Though I'm looking more and more at Facebook, I, I, I've joined many SEO groups on Facebook this year. They're okay. like they have like 30, forty thousand members, and I'm starting to see a lot more opportunity on Facebook. I didn't believe in that a year ago, but today I do. I'm
1: starting to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess this this next question will be maybe a bit strange, maybe not. but what do you think of podcasts problem. as a marketing channel?
2: You know, I, I absolutely love podcasting. Um, I think it's a great marketing channel. I, uh-huh. I can tell you that I, you know, I'm thinking about it. I, you know, yes, it's an excellent marketing channel, especially, especially if you can get a very small niche industry. I would say this year in particular it started two years ago for me, Two years ago, I started getting into podcasting at the gym. I was listening all the time to certain podcasts at the gym. Right. This year, because of the uh, the the uh, the isolationist, I've gotten I've probably doubled up my podcasting this year. So okay. so I'm doing a tremendous amount of podcast listening. I'm listening to older podcasts too, and I think it's a terrific. I think it's a great way to uh, to to grow to get market. Just by having this discussion with you, somebody may come to our website and may reach me. That may be sure. a way, may be a terrific way. It's different for everybody. For us, it's a really great way to market because we have such a specialized industry that we're going after right. that if I open up my own podcasting channel that just serves digital agencies, I would, just, I would have the right audience. It's a way to choose your audience. I love that. So I think it's a great way to do it. You know, I think about video and how you would think video would overcome it, but the video is just a pain in the butt. You have to—I can't do it while biking. I cannot do it while running. I can't listen while in while driving. While driving, I can't listen in while driving. So, I think there's a structural positioning for podcasting. I personally had an idea for a product. You—you you know, one time I was thinking I can make a piece of hardware. I just uh, like a podcast product, physical podcast. You drop it down in your your your—you know, where your in your your car you just drop down a a podcast box and hit a button <laughs> right <laughs> okay like a radio I... it's not necessary because of your phone but right right um i hate i i also have it out for fm and am radio because at least in the united states it's crap it's just the it's just nothing there at all it's gone it's like no need it needs to be removed fm and am radio it's a pain in the ass you know right, right. like very little there for me so I was like, well, I just ripped this. Let's rip this uh, AMFM box out and pop a podcast box in the box, man. And all my top pod. all I have to do is hit my button for that podcast. That would make me happy. You know, sometimes a simpler product it makes things better. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> right. Very much. Sometimes something um,
2: simple is better. That.
1: So, Dan, um, I think this is a good place to pause and thank our second sponsor.
0: Our second sponsor is a company called Bluehost. If you have a business idea and simply want to put it out there, you'll need a domain name and a flexible WordPress site that needs to be hosted on a reliable server. Bluehost is your one-stop shop for all things web hosting. From design and marketing services to -to easy-to-use website builders, they are with you every step of the way. Thanks to their 24-7, 365 days a year live support, which you can get via chat, phone, and email. And any and all questions you have can be answered in no time at all. Bluehost offers unlimited disk space and bandwidth an easy-to-use control panel, one-click WordPress installs, and more. Visit Io today. That's B dot and get a free domain name for the first year. And you'll also get free SSL, security certificate, with any of their affordable hosting packages. Start your entrepreneurial journey with Bluehost today.
1: Uh, to just to wrap up, uh, what would you say is one thing you'd like my audience to take away from this interview?
2: You know, I, I would say that, you know, uh, you know, I love what I, I, I would say that um, 10 Golden Rules founder, friend of mine, uh, Jay Berkowitz, you know, I finally mm-hmm. opened his book up and the first line in it is the, the first rule is rules don't matter. There are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> I for love sure. that. I finally got his book <laughs> opened it up. So the, when people say you got to raise capital, you don't. When people say sure. you need to get an office, you don't. You, we, you know, all these things you hear, you don't. The most important thing for people, the takeaway here is solve a problem. People may tell you you can't solve the problem. If you solve a problem and people pay for it, there's an opportunity. Sure. That's, that's how SEO Turbo Booster comes about. It may sound silly to some people, but there's someone willing to pay, and uh, and it's not so. And it's also not clear. It's not always. It's not always clear what the business is about when you first start. Um, right. But you. But staying with it as long as you're getting paid, and finding ways to automate and improve. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and and you know I see a lot of tech startups that try creating a company and don't give it the time it needs, and don't have the time to give it. Right. That's it time okay
1: and uh, where where can people get in touch with you daniel
2: um you know my name is so <laughs> best best place to get in touch with me is um it's still linkedin you know if you contact me on linkedin and, and have a question or talk to me on linkedin or want to friend me and you're not a spammer because i get spammed <laughs> a lot it's still linkedin is one of the best place to connect with me um Perfect. or you can just eat or you can go to seo booster.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my email address is dan at com, or you can just find seoturbobooster.com and you can just enter into our form field and I'll get that right away. Okay. Perfect. So it's easy to
1: get in touch with us. Okay, okay Dan, um, let's uh, wrap up with the famous five. Okay. All right. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
2: You know, I, I just fell in love with this book called Subscribe by uh, Tien, um, okay. T-I-E-N. So subscribe, I just found it like so fascinating. It's my favorite book,
1: subscribe. All right, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
2: You know, I, <laughs> that's a good question. A CEO I'm following or studying. I would say that, you know, I I, I wasn't a lover of him, but Gary Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk I, okay. I, I'm following him. I'm following, I'm not, you know, doing what he does exactly, but I, I really like a lot of things he says in the past. I've been listening to his old podcasts and his future stuff. Sure. Um, I, I follow him definitely, Gary Vaynerchuk, and uh, <clears throat> and outside of him, there's, you know, there's so many people that are amazing people. Oh, Brad Feld is one of my uh, favorite people. I read everything he, he produces. Brad Feld, founder of uh, TechStars Tech Incubator.
1: Okay, got it. Okay, number three, what's your favorite online tool other than yours for growing your business?
2: It has to be LinkedIn for us. I I, I just don't think there's any other tool that I put as high for. That's because we're in the SaaS business serving digital agencies. That's the tool that I, my go-to tool right now. And um, as far as a tool tool, um, you know, I've, I've recently become completely addicted to Google Docs for some reason, Google Docs and slides. But anyway, go ahead. That seems and Google Form. I have created a Google Form for everything I do, to like fill out real quickly to put it right in a spreadsheet. I've done a lot of that too. Sure. Google Forms. Google Forms is now my go-to tool. Scary.
1: Great. Uh, Number four. If you could give your twenty-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be?
2: You know, um, this sounds crazy. When I was twenty, I had a relative who had been all around the world who told me, uh, "Leave the United States." <clears throat> and go to china right now and it was the year was around 1988 89 mm-hmm. 87 um he told me go that's where you know you need to be where the action is he told me that's where the action is go live there now and that will okay. change everything for you
1: and Very i didn't listen <laughs> you did or, or but did go
2: it? where i did not i did not okay um you know i was just telling my son that you know, I live near Miami, and there's so much going on in Miami. Venture capital is moving to Miami and West Palm Beach. Businesses okay. are moving to Miami. Miami is a future center in the
1: United States. Okay. okay. Perfect. Then the final question is: How many hours of sleep do you get every night?
2: You know, I I, uh, I get seven hours almost every night, whether at least you know. With, and I track oh, it all. It. I get okay. seven hours. I, I, uh, you know, I'm over fifty. When you hit fifty, almost every, at least man who's fifty, male, it just uh-huh. you wake up once a night, three to four in the morning every night. Three <laughs> to, three, <laughs> it could be five minutes. It could be twenty minutes. But I'm awake. Right. I just wake up. And I think, I think that that's just a natural thing in life. It's not. There's nothing physically wrong going on with me. Sure. Um, and then what happens is. And all my friends, the same thing. All my friends, same thing. We start thinking about what we're doing and we get nervous or upset or we're freaking out, whatever. You, uh-huh. you know, I calm myself down. I go right back to bed in the morning. I'm always happy. But like our subconscious is working And what wakes me up is I have something to write down or something to think about. I have something. Our mind never stops. I wish it would, but it doesn't. Do
1: you have a note, Do you have a notepad on the nightstand?
2: I don't. You know what I do? This is really scary. I email myself. I'll go on my phone. and I'll just email myself. And also, also, I'm a, Oh, there is a tool. I'm wrong. We didn't mention Evernote. I'm a big, uh-huh. big user of Evernote.
1: Fantastic.
2: Um, maybe I, I, I should mention that someone's gonna break uh, into my Evernote.
1: But uh, and guy, I think Evernote has like. Uh, was that, you have Evernote? Sure. It? I do, and I also got this like uh, I don't know what you call it, yeah, you know, just a regular notebook from them, and they come with these tags that you can scan. Oh yeah, yeah. I go to your Evernote. That was pretty. good. Ah. Cool.
2: Ah. <laughs> and and I and the reason I went on Evernote is I was listening to a podcast by Guy Kawasaki, who's yeah. involved in the ownership, and uh, he's the one to convince me to try it. It's been about eight years ago started, seven years ago. Okay. And I've stuck with it and I still use it for some notes here. And I don't use it for everything, but if I really want to remember something, I'll put in my Evernote
1: and then it'll be ready for me to find. Sure. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, we could keep talking for another hour.
2: I, I, this is what I'm saying to you. I, I have a problem. This is why being locked up is a good <laughs> thing for me. Because it's just better for me to be locked up to get work done. You know now what sure. my problem is. <laughs> I'd rather sit and drink and have a cup of coffee with you and relax and work.
1: Perfect. That's not Thank too- you so much, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Take care.
0: Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.